1: testimony continued today in the most notorious criminal
0: trial when i was 12 years old my testimony sent my father to prison for murdering my mother this podcast serves as a type of therapy and reconciliation for myself and it is my hope that it helps anyone who has experienced deception betrayal and dark trauma i'm collier landry and this is moving past trauma Mover Nation, what's coming on? Happy Wednesday, August 30th, the summer. I hate to say it, the summer is uh, rapidly coming to a close. Uh, I was out last night and I got in my car and I looked at the clock and it was dark and it was before 8 o'clock. does not make me very happy (laughs) at all. Uh, Being that... um, yeah, that the summer is my favorite. I was gonna say holiday. It's not really a holiday, but it feels like one. It is definitely my favorite time of year. I gotta say though, I was just in Austin, Texas this last weekend for True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival with my other podcast that I do with Tara Newell, which you guys know about, which is called uh, Moving. Oh, sorry, which is called Moving Past Trauma, which is called the Survivor Squad. I forgot to press record, which is called the Survivor Squad Podcast. And, um, it was 107 there on Saturday, which I, um, you know, part of me, um, part of me, you know, I didn't, I don't mind the heat. I'm not a big, I'm not a, you know, I, I, I mean, it, that's very hot by the way, but I think, you know, when I went to pack for the event, I said, you know what, it's going to be so hot. I don't need to pack a jacket or anything. And just... On a whim, at the last moment, I happened to grab like a sweatshirt, uh, shirt jacket thing, um, uh, like fleece, flannel thing, on my way out the door to the airport at like 3 a.m. or whatever time we were flying, 4 a.m., sorry. And um, I'm so glad I brought it because I have never been so cold in my life. Now, for those of you that are still looking for the cadavers, that's where they are. They're at the Double Tree. In Austin, Texas, across the street from the Papados, that's where they're hiding them, because um, it was really, really, it was it was freezing. The air conditioning was freezing, and everywhere we went, <laughs> and I was I was the subject of um, ridicule. Might be a strong word, but certainly uh, the um, uh, a source of entertainment for everyone because I was so cold everywhere we went. Because all I would do is would complain about it. <laughs> Like, it's really cold. It's really cold. It was pretty funny. Um, I mean, I quite enjoyed it myself. Uh, Just laughing at myself at the sheer irony. Because like most of my girlfriends that I was with, they were, you know, they're always cold, right? And this was a situation where, um, well, I was the one that was cold and complaining. Like, are we sitting next to the air vent? Tara was thoroughly annoyed with me because I I, I was like, are we sitting next to the air vent? Can we get another table? And she was like, fine. It was funny. It was funny. So um, yeah, it, uh, it, yeah, it was a thing. Um, I was reminded by a friend of the show, Kim Shorin, that last week uh, I overlooked it in my craziness and getting ready for uh, the event uh, on the outskirts. Nicole Garcia, friend of the show, she was celebrating the death anniversary, if you would, uh, of her, her late mother, who was also taken by her life was taken by her father as well. Uh, she is a friend of the show. She's been a longtime supporter and fan. And, uh, I want to say that we want to acknowledge your, your mother, Nicole, and, and we're so sorry that you're going through this and you had planned a whole trip to California and, um, to honor her. So I wanted to let you know that we were thinking about you. We were we were communicating in the behind the scenes about it. And I, I dropped the ball in all of my craziness and confusion. So I wanted to honor that and say that we are all with you. Mover nation is here and we support you in that journey. Um. That said, speaking of other children who are the subject of, uh, dealing with parents who have committed violent crime. So I don't know if you guys saw it. It completely, it completely escaped me, uh, until I went on the YouTubes, but Buster Murda, who is the son of, I, I don't know what you would say, disgraced South Carolina, uh, attorney litigator, uh, Alec Murdoch or Murdoch, I guess it's Murdoch is how you pronounce this. Um, he was interviewed on Fox nation by Laura McCollum. I believe is her name. Uh, he was interviewed and I want to play a little snippet. Uh, now I tried to find the actual interview on YouTube before this program started, could not find it anywhere. I did manage to get like a little snippet that we could all, that we could all, um, Like watch but it's literally taken from the Fox News Nation interview which is then uh, then reposted by Inside Edition so it's a daisy chain of getting this material on the program but um, I want to play a little bit of it and then I want to discuss it because of course as a son of a man who took the life of his mother I um I have thoughts and opinions on this and um, there's another interview too, which was done on Long Crime Network. Maybe we'll play that too. But let's listen to this little excerpt. And of course, there's going to be commentary. Uh, it's only it's only about a minute and a half. I'm going to pull this file up right now. But I found it very interesting because, um, well, yeah, I mean, he hasn't broken his silence yet. And again, for those of you who don't know, so Alec Murdoch or Murdoch was convicted of the unaliving for the YouTube space to keep it. Kosher here, uh, unaliving his brother and his mother. He was convicted this past March, I believe. I've done a few videos about it because there's, and I've been interviewed about this several times because obviously there is a very glaring similarity between myself and Buster Murdoch, who is literally picking up the pieces of his father's um, destruction, the aftermath of his destruction, which is something that I know a lot about and how it's completely you know decimated his family's legacy and uh the community around him that he grew up in in the low country in uh south carolina and um it's it's really bad and this is the first time he's actually spoken out in public now i believe that this actual interview is part of a longer form series uh another documentary Now, this will be like the fourth documentary about the Murdaws, I suppose, in a year. But there is a documentary that's coming out where he is supposed to be a part of this. And I believe that's where this may be taken from. She was interviewing him, but I think it might be used in a larger part in a documentary. So uh, we're going to check it out. We'll play it right now.
2: It's an absolutely excruciatingly difficult experience. Buster Murdoch is opening up nearly six months after his father was found guilty of slaying his mother and brother. Guilty verdict. Twenty-six-year-old Buster was a presence throughout the sensational trial that riveted America. He spoke with Fox News Martha McCallum.
1: You decided to attend the trial every single day. How grueling was that
2: for you? Well, it's incredibly grueling. I mean, every anxious, negative emotion is going through my mind at this point. I'm trying to take it in. I'm trying not to break down. I'm trying to to hold composure. He's also doubling down on what he says is his father's innocence, despite the overwhelming evidence
0: that pointed to his cleaners. guilt. I don't think the. Now, and he's going to get into it in a second, but this is uh, him weighing in on his father's potential innocence, which, of course, I see all the red flags popping up in this. Now, um, Buster... In these different documentaries, the one thing that they did use, and I think they both both of these th- these were docu series. They weren't just documentaries. They were multi episodic uh, docu series. Is they all seem to end with this um, this t- closing phone call from the jail between Buster and his father, which was very interesting. And I had picked out. I've done videos on this. I've spoken about this before. Where. I picked out a lot of uh, similarities between my father and his, even just the way their inflection, their tone of voice, et cetera, et cetera. So it's interesting. So let's see what has sort of happened here, uh, what he says, because he obviously apparently does believe that his father is innocent.
2: Overwhelming evidence that pointed to what? his guilt. I don't think that he could be affiliated with endangering my mother and brother. Are you fearful? for
1: your life if you believe the killer is still out there?
2: Absolutely. I think that I've set myself up to be safe, but yes, when I go to bed at night, I have a fear that there is somebody else still out there. The jury found Murdoch, a once high-powered South Carolina attorney, guilty of the shotgun slaying of his son, Paul, and wife, Maggie.
1: When I look up the definition of of psychopath, like someone who can completely get away with lying and acting normal and carrying through as if nothing's happening does that describe your dad when you look at those definitions of that
0: does that describe your dad when you look at definitions of him and let's see what he says because this is interesting
2: prepared to sit here and say that it encompasses him as a whole but certainly I think there are characteristics where you look at the manipulation and the lies and the carrying out of that such and I,
0: I think that's a fair assessment so I found that pretty interesting uh, and look I'm gonna I going to say this this is a as I've said many 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 times in this program ad nauseum. This is a very, very hard road to hoe. Um, Navigating the fact that your father is responsible for the deaths of your brother, your younger brother and your mother uh, is an absolutely like an absolute horrific thing to live with. And yeah, I believe he lives in Hilton head, um, uh, which is not, probably which is a, an island outside in South Carolina, a very nice area supposedly. Um, I think that uh, he, you know, I you could not, uh, you know, as a, as a child, like I could not leave the community where I was at, where every, all of the murder occurred, et cetera, et cetera. My father, I stayed in that community for better or for worse. I, you know, it, it's fine. Um, And and the community embraced me, et cetera, et cetera. This is obviously a little bit of a different story. But, um, you know, the fact that he stayed there, you know, even though he's in South Carolina. I mean, if I'm him, look, I have to assume that the family had a lot of money. I have to assume, you know, and I have to, the key word here would be assume because I, I hate this. I absolutely abhor this when people say, assume things about victims, about families, about, uh, they, they try to, you know, castigate them in, in a certain way. Like, look, I have no idea what this man's financial situation is. I'm making an assumption that he has some sort of access to money. Uh, but if he dies, like IQ I, could not pay me enough to stay around that community because it seems like, you know, he's been holed up apparently in this condo where he has been, staying on Hilton Head Island and you know, he's been bombarded by the press over and over and over again. Right. And you, you, you send me to Beirut, <laughs> maybe not Beirut, but you know what I mean? Get me out of there. Like just a relocation is not only so good for your mental health. I mean, he's 26, 27 years old, something like that, 28 years old. And he's a young guy and uh, his whole life ahead of him. uh He, most certainly I think needs to get the hell away from there. That's my opinion. Um, Especially, you know, the thing that I pick up on too is if he just sincerely believes that his father is innocent, which look, you know, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. Uh, I think when he, when he alludes to the fact that he doesn't feel there's any way that his father could do this to his, his, brother and mother, I completely concur with that, with his line of thinking, because it took so long for me to, I mean, look, I made a movie about it. Like, come on. I took, it took me so long to really reconcile within myself because I think that, and it's only natural, you sort of internalize the trauma with within yourself of saying like, am I capable of such a thing? Because if you admit, because you know you have your you know whole okay. Well, apple fall doesn't fall because there because because when you're in this situation, and your father does this, or your or your loved one does this, or you're related to these people, of course you get the argument which is the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I lived with this scarlet letter my whole life. Uh, it, it still comes, it still rears its ugly head from occasionally when people will say to me certain things like, aren't you worried about that? I mean, look, what a conversation non-starter. Like, aren't you like, come on, man. Like really? No, I'm not worried about that. But there was a time in my life when I really, really was. So I think that it was a very, (sighs) it was a very, um, very, very challenging, uh, experience to, to grow up with this. Now, somebody said here, uh, on the comments, I thought he had a $500,000 inheritance. Now he may have, however, um, which isn't really a lot of money in today's scheme, grand scheme of things. Uh, he, he, um, uh, there's no telling whether he got that or not because, uh, it, when these cases happen, even when there's money involved or there's money supposed to go to certain people, those assets can be frozen by the court. So anyone who has a, you know, we have the Mallory beach trial, which has already, I believe been already been settled. But, um, the, all these, these assets can be, I, I assume can be seized by the court. It certainly happened in my case, uh, with my father, where this, the assets are seized by the court. So no money can be paid out. So there's these things that, that, that happen that occur. So, um, uh, he he could, he could have had that pulled. He could have had that yanked. I, I don't, again, this is all conjecture and speculation. And with mixed in with a little bit of cogent analysis by me, because of what I've been through. But I think that the, uh the, the thing to think about is, okay, so he's here, he's in South Carolina. And for me, I would just, I would get, I would, I would remove myself from the entire situation because as he was saying, if his father can't do it, and again, it's this processing, is this the apple fall from far from the tree, doesn't fall far from the tree. If he isn't afraid of his life, why stick around there? But you know, maybe, maybe it is, it's familiar territory. He grew up in the low country. Maybe, maybe he does feel safer there. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't really, I, I, I don't really know um what his what his financial situation so i don't need this i don't need to put my hand in someone else's pocket but i will say that based upon the prison phone calls that he had with his father in the documentaries that i saw the docuseries uh the uh, murdoch dynasty um uh low country um and the other one that was on netflix so there was two of them There was one on hbo there's one there's probably more by now but there was two and uh the conversations his his father was gaslighting him pretty hardcore one conversation that i that i remember specifically is at the end of the of the um low country one in on hbo was that he you know the dad was remembering very fondly his time with his mother and said, Oh, because um, Buster's girlfriend had gotten, had, uh, they had gone out and partying. He's like, Oh, y'all partying last night? Got drunk. I remember your mo- mom would get buzzed up. And so he would talk about this. From, it, it was talking about on the phone and you could just hear his tone like, yeah, yeah, he was over it. Um, I don't know what kind of hold his father has on him. It's a really, really, really difficult to deal with because, uh, yeah, man, um, I don't envy him at all. I would love if you're Buster, if you're out there and you're doing interviews, I want to talk to you. And I don't want to talk about the trial, I don't want to talk about Stephen Smith, I don't want to talk about any of this. I want to talk about your trauma and your relationship within the aftermath of this. That's what I'm interested in because, um, I bet you are. Journeys are not that far off because I think that, you know, and I have from time to time read articles in Alec Murdoch and yes, I think the man is seriously demented and I think he's a psychopath. Uh, I also think that the relationship between him and his father is way more similar than my the to my relationship with my father than it is with let's say Colby Ryan and Lori Vallow um who I think is completely off the charts at least she makes herself out to be it might all be an act but I think she's completely batshit crazy um you know throwing in this these this religious undertones and this and even in her sentencing hearing when she was talking about all this and reconnecting with the spirits and the children are happy and free and trying to pass it off as if it was an accidental i mean just the, the the pure rubbish i think that uh i i think that she, I think, you. I don't think you could relate to her if you were a, your child. Uh, I, I don't. I find it hard enough to relate to my father as it is, and I found it hard enough in my life to relate to my father as it is. Let alone if it, there's some crazy kooky. Which there is a lot of conspiracy theories, as you all know. There is a lot of conspiracies, but it, um, it definitely, definitely. Oh boy, it is something that um, I wouldn't wish on anyone. Um, yeah, it is, uh, it is a hard road to hoe, for sure. Hey, movers. Did you know that one in five Americans has learn a new language on their bucket list? If you're one of them, make 2024 the year you finally check it off with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Designed by over 150 language experts, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are your passport to speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Real people, real conversations. That's the Babbel way. Babbel's tips and tools are not just lessons. They're companions in real-life situations. The approachable, accessible content is delivered through conversation-based teaching, ensuring you're ready to shine in the real world. Before Babbel, I couldn't imagine effortlessly ordering food, asking for directions, or chatting with local merchants, and all without consistently checking a language app while I'm on vacation. But Babbel makes it easy, providing the practical skills you need for real-life scenarios. Struggling with pronunciation? Babbel's got your back with speech recognition technology, helping you perfect your accent and sound like a native speaker in no time. Hola. 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 Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Collier. Get 50% off at babbel.com slash Collier, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Collier. Rules and restrictions may apply. But them the breaks them the breaks. uh okay so something here is not saving yeah no i'm saving you okay i was trying to save something in our description for our show uh yeah so buster murdoch um i would love to hear more interviews there is another interview that was on uh what is it crime crime tv or or long crime network i could pull that up i am curious to see what they say we might have to skip skip through it a little bit but this is addressing his um his because there is suspicion that he was somehow involved in the stephen smith case um in the disappearance and murder of uh, or or death of stephen smith i don't know if it's been i think it's been ruled i think sled it's been a minute since i talked about that was looking at it, investigating it finally as a homicide this happened back in either 2017 or 2015. there's a lot of speculation whether Buster uh, was involved in this and that they had some sort of relationship and they were school friends, etc., <clears throat> etc., et, cetera, et cetera. Uh, So much so that hecklers outside the courtroom after Alec Murdoch's conviction said this.
2: Buster is next. Justice for Stephen
0: Smith, Alex. Buster is next, your son is next, Alex. Now I'm, you know, most certainly not a, not a fan of uh, Alec Murdoch, but again, this is all speculation, this is all conjecture as to why this has uh, happened and, and, and as to, as to his involvement, uh, Buster's involvement, everything, because it's 2013, or sorry, it's 2013, hey, we just turned about the clock, it's 2023. Uh, Buster is 20, let's say 27 years old. If this happened in 2015, this is what, that's eight years ago. If I do my math correctly, he would have been 19, 18, something like that. To sort of think about it, it, it it's to sort of think about, uh, his involvement as a child in the death of another child and, and etc. cetera. And, uh, you know, for those of you that haven't seen, I did a live interview with Dr. Kenny Kinsey, who I will be seeing at CrimeCon coming up September 22nd, 23rd, 24th. I'll be in Orlando, Florida with Tara Newell with our podcast Survivor Squad. We're going to do a live panel there and live episodes there. Come check us out in Orlando. But Dr. Kenny Kinsey will be there. I'll get to meet him in person, but I've had him on this program before. And we did discuss his involvement because he was involved in this. They had exhumed. Stephen Smith's mother had the body re-exhumed after raising funds. Uh, for a second autopsy and sort of his involvement in, in analysis in where this potential crime could have occurred. And he waited on that. It's a fantastic interview. If you guys get to get to see it, but he'll be at crime con with me. So I can't wait to meet him. But one of the things is that he was trying to weigh in of, you know, and he's not there to speculate on someone's guilt or innocence, other than the fact of just, it just seemed fishy, but the fact that you could try to pin this on another tra- there's just so much goes into a conspiracy theory and so, so much effort goes into, um, <clears throat> goes into covering these things up. And obviously we all are really good at We've all realized that Alec Murdoch was not very good at covering his tracks, cell phones, things like that. Just weird stuff, uh, that obviously came out during the trial and the fact that uh, that this might be a cover up, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot to think that it, that a nine, 18 year old 17 year old kid could put that together. It's a lot. It really is. Without somebody realizing something, I don't know. That's my opinion. Uh, but we'll find out because this whole Steven Smith case is still ongoing. and for the sake of the family, I hope they get some answers that they can move on with. Um, because I know that, uh, that creates a lot of anxiety in, uh, their lives and, in trying to even, you know, and I'm sure Buster is very, is very anxious as well because, uh, you know, if you're living, if you think that somebody is coming after you because of what your father did, uh, and what happened to your family, you're going to live with a certain degree of, of fear. And it's, and it is... It does. It makes you anxious. Um, speaking of anxiety, uh, I went and flew uh, all the way to Austin. I, for, the, for for those of you that don't know uh, or know that I, I quit drinking alcohol years ago, so I don't drink on airplanes. It's not any good to do it anyways. But uh, I do use CBD and I have come up and I have been introduced to a new product that I want to introduce you guys to, it is Next Evo CBD, it did me wonders, I took it on my flight, check it out. Mover Nation, you guys all know how I lead a really busy life, right? And I know we could all use a little more relaxation. Now, whether you're trying to chill out or just need a good night's rest, Evo's CBD will be your best friend, but, and this is big. Not all CBD products are created equal. Shockingly, a study found that many CBD brands contain as little as 60% of what their labels promise. I've been trying out Next Evo Naturals and Movers. It's the real deal. And their commitment? Well, it's giving you exactly what's on the label. Remember, they've undergone four clinical trials, a feat unmatched by any other brand of CBD. Now, I personally adore their stress CBD complex gummies. When I'm feeling anxious or overwhelmed, they are a total Game changer. And those nights when sleep is all too elusive for me, the triple action CBD sleep does absolute wonders. Leave summer stress behind and upgrade your CBD. Go to nextevo.com forward slash MPT to get 25% off plus a free bottle of premium pure CBD, a $50 value limit one use per customer. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com slash mpt buster Murdoch. yes buster murdaugh um hard road to Ho. let's let's take a look at this other at this other uh interview which was on like i said long crime and we will see what they have to say so so this was also him discussing the stephen smith situation
2: never had anything to do with his murder and I never had anything to do with him on a physical level of of any regard.
3: Buster Murdoch speaking for the first time publicly in a Fox Nation documentary denying any involvement in the death of his high school classmate Stephen Smith. So what else did he say? Thanks for joining us.
0: So we'll cut through we'll cut through the little uh,
3: nonsense here mother raised money to exhume her son's body so a second autopsy could be performed. For those not familiar with the case, Stephen Smith was an openly gay teenager whose body was found in the middle of a road in Hampton County in July of 2015. Smith's car was found a couple of miles away with the gas cap off. The first autopsy determined Smith died as a result of a hit and run, but the the manor was listed as undetermined. Records related to the investigation showed the Murdoch name came up several times throughout the course of the investigation as the small town rumor mill churned. Documentaries played recordings of state troopers interviewing people who claimed to have heard rumors about Stephen Smith and Buster Murdoch. Now Murdoch is answering questions about the allegations for the first time. His sister said someone approached her and said that you and Stephen were
1: romantically involved. His brother says that someone approached him and says that you were with a group of young men who beat him with a baseball bat. What do you say to that, to both of those?
2: Absolutely baseless rumors. I unequivocally deny anything that you just read off of that piece of paper. I did not have any personal intimate relations with Steven and that obviously cannot be proven because it is baseless. I never had anything to do with his murder and I never had anything to do with him on a physical level of of any regard.
3: No one has ever been charged in Stephen Smith's death and the results of the second autopsy conducted after Smith's remains were exhumed earlier this year have not been released. However, the attorney representing Smith's mother told Law & Crime that a state grand jury is investigating his death. Martha McCallum asked Murdoch where he was the night Stephen Smith died. Where were you the night that Stephen Smith was killed?
2: The night Stephen was killed, I was at our Edisto Beach house.
3: With your family?
2: With my mom and my brother.
3: Two witnesses who can vouch for Buster Murdoch's whereabouts that night, his mother Maggie and younger brother Paul are dead. They were murdered on June 7th, 2021. His father, Alec Murdoch, is serving two life sentences for the murders, but plans to appeal. So what has it been like for Buster Murdoch as some people have suggested he murdered Stephen Smith? What did you feel like when you heard that this thing was surfacing again?
2: Well, it's a lot like this and, and you know, I, I don't want to be rude here, but have you ever been accused of murdering somebody? No. Well, let me tell you, this is very, 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 very. It, it's a terrible thing to place on somebody with absolutely no fact. I mean, it has harmed my reputation. I mean, people perceive me as a murderer.
3: This is the second time Buster Murdoch has said his reputation has been harmed by what he calls lies. Whether he plans to take any legal action isn't clear, but he called the allegations that he was involved in Smith's death defamatory earlier this year. The Fall of the House of Murdoch premieres on Fox Nation on August 31st. For Law and Crime, I'm Ann Jeanette Levy.
0: there you go the fall of the house of murdoch which premieres tomorrow (laughs) and here i was explaining that it's part of a documentary and clearly it is by fox news nation (laughs) so there we go there's our answer uh yeah i am going to be anxiously awaiting that interview that full-on interview uh wow fall of the house of Murdoch. Wasn't a fall of the house of Usher. Wasn't that a Edgar Allan Poe story? Interesting. Um, yeah. I there, you know, obviously in the court of opinion, a lot of people have speculated with his involvement. Uh, but if you take the flip side of it and again, I understand that a lot of people, you know, justice or Stephen Smith, and a lot of people are uh you know are, are very you know em- uh, empathetic with his mother and uh the loss that she's endured and the and the lack of answers and closure that her and her family have um but jumping to conclusions on some or, or speculating on someone else not only is yeah it's really defamatory and really uh and very very horrible to um, experience if he in fact is, uh, you know, not involved. And then he has to combat all of this in the court of public opinion. It can be, you know, that's a, that's quite a burden as he flat out says to, to, uh, um, the interviewer, you know, how, uh, have you ever been accused of murder? It's a horrible thing. It absolutely is. I mean, the backlash that he has faced in the wake of this, because you know, obviously as I played earlier, the hecklers shouting outside the, uh, the courtroom at Alec Murdaugh, and now this, and the amount of shame, and I've talked about the intergenerational trauma in the Murdaugh family, and the amount of shame that's been brought down on the family because of this intergenerational trauma, and all these things because of Murdaugh's behavior, and how that has affected his entire family, and their legacy, uh, is just, uh, you know, now Buster, who's the only surviving or uh, free individual involved in this whole circumstance, is now, uh, you know, dealing with all the backlash of that. And that's, from my opinion, it's really, really hard. You know, you don't, and and again, to to just throw to throw some accusations on a young man that may or may not have been involved again he was a, a, like a child too like a, like a teenager is a lot To is a lot is is very dangerous because if we start doing that we go down a very uh slippery slope that's my opinion it's my opinion on buster murdoch speaking out i can't wait to hear more from this documentary which is obviously airing on News Nation tomorrow um I will be excited about that so mark your mark your calendars set your alarms uh maybe I should make hey maybe we can all watch it live on this program on my Thursday thoughts that's an idea that's a thought I think it will be very interesting speaking of tomorrow night Thursday 7:30 p.m. Eastern time if you are a Patreon member of this channel we have our live meet and greet. I'm also figuring out a way if you're a member of this channel to also join the same meet and greet so we can all have a wonderful interaction, interactive meet and greet. But now I'm worried about the timing of all of, <laughs> of all of this. I will also extend the time too for it. Uh, it'll be a, close to an hour and a half. I'll put a link in the membership, uh, area of my YouTube. So it'll be YouTube meets Patreon, all of y'all together. It'll be really a lot of fun. And we get to actually interact. So you guys are all interacting on in the comments. What usually happens is is it's just like this where I just I talk and I'm trying to sell something. And then you guys just kinda yak back and forth. And then that's how it goes. So everyone gets to interact and meet and greet. As if we were in a like a, a live, a live setting, but it's all virtual. It's actually, it's actually very cool. And I and I enjoy it when you guys are all engaging because I just kind of look over and everybody's just, you know looking around and it's very good so anyways uh so very cool um and uh yeah so look for that and then maybe and maybe this documentary and maybe this documentary will be uh maybe we'll be uh, able to watch all of it uh together so um as i was saying i was in the good old city of austin texas over the weekend i had quite a time over there um I was on a I was on the hunt for good barbecue, which I did not get my barbecue ribs until Saturday night at around ten o'clock. Ten thirty, went to this place called Bangers, which was a sausage place, but they happen to have a wood fired barbecue in the back, and uh, it was very, very, very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I had a good time. I, 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 totally, I really enjoyed Austin despite the 100 degree, 107 degree weather and the freezing cold air conditioning in all of the places. But I've had enough bad food. We went to this place called Velvet Taco on Sunday night, which had gourmet tacos. And I had for the very first time in my life chicken and waffles, but it was a chicken and waffle taco that I had um, I've lived in Los Angeles for almost 25 years as a Roscoe's chicken and waffle, which is world famous. I have never been, I've never had chicken and waffles before, but I did have it in a taco. It was quite delicious, which means I don't ever have to have it again. Fantastic. Uh, I survived this long without it. I tried it. I'm good. I've had the experience. It is quite, it is quite amazing. Uh, Last week I touched upon a a subject with people forgot how to act in public. And a few of you responded with some thoughts on that. And, uh, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting article and I got to see while I was at (laughs) this convention interacting with the general public of, um, yeah, there was some, there were some interactions with some individuals that were very interesting. So I think one of the things, and and I'm going to do a further episode about this because, but this came up, a lot with all of the other people that I was engaged with at this particular conference. Cause a lot of them are, and again, I really hate to use this word. I hate it. I tell Tara this all the time. I don't like to say it's cringy on our podcast, but survivors, but people who have survived violent crime, who are all kind of share this common experience. Uh, we were engaged with them. We were, we were talking with them. And one of the things that, uh, that we all, the, the general consensus, Amongst all of us, because in this pie, this is a very um, in and in, I had brought Laney Hobbs on this program before, because she's the festival creator and the host of it. Uh, it's about ethical true crime and interacting with other individuals that are trying to be and that are ethical true crime creators, meaning that they're not trying to really exploit people's stories, et cetera, et cetera. They're trying to engage with empathy and engage with, uh, you know, that uh, uh, an approach that is very. Again, hate that word, survivor centric, but being understanding where the people have come from, it is still very challenging to for anyone who has sort of lived that uh, you know good times noodle salad upbringing, uh, and I'm referring to as good as it gets. uh, If you guys remember that good times noodle salad. Jack Nicholson is talking about how people have normal lives, but just not anyone in that car. Uh, and they have good times, good times in noodle salad on the lake. But uh, it is very difficult. There, there's this def- definitely a barrier of entry between where people who have had, thank God, normal lives are engaging with people who have been victims of violent crime. And especially when they're creating content around that. And for them to really wrap their head around it. And so some of the things that come out of their mouth is um, interesting <laughs> to say the least. One of those things was, is I was, Tara and I were speaking at four in the afternoon. I was trying to get ready for a presentation that I was putting together for us to be on stage. And a gentleman was very interested in finding out about my mother's story. And uh, I, you know, I, I talked to him a little bit. Then he kind of went on, then he came back and he had gone. And he's like, Have you seen? find a grave or grave finder. Uh, and I spoke about this on my live yesterday on Instagram, but he said, have you been, uh, have you, have you checked out uh, uh grave finder or, or find a grave? And uh, there's a whole thing written up on there. And he proceeds to just, as I'm literally trying to uh, take a moment to just uh, get this presentation ready, but also uh, it is very overwhelming when everyone is asking you questions, because uh, as some people come up and, and also we are <clears throat> maintaining a booth, right? There's a booth space. We have t-shirts for, t-shirts for sale. I have stickers that I'm giving out, which are very exciting, which I'm looking around here saying, can I find a sticker to share with you guys? All this fun stuff, right? And then this guy is like, okay, now's my time to talk to Collier about the murder of his mother. And they just want to sit down and they want to talk about it. And so he's, he had discovered this on a on a on find a grave and he was going through the chronology that is on this website now I will say this I had zero idea that this website existed whatsoever and I was really touched by some of the things that I read and it wasn't because there you know look there was this whole breakdown this whole timeline of stuff that was, you know, here's, here's how the murder happened. Here's what happened here. Bah, 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 bah. But I also, I was also really touched with what some of the people had said, and I should actually just, I'm going to bring this up. I think it is called find a grave. Yeah. Find a grave and yeah. So on this website, it. It showed. um, Oh, here we go. Now it is. I'm going to. There were just some really lovely comments, which, you know, honestly, I was. um, Oh, man. Come on. Really? Refine search. Okay. And you're born. All right. I won't say it out loud because God might strike me blind. And. Of course. Okay, so we should just. Oh, here we go. Okay, so here we are. I'm going to share this screen with y'all. But I, I, I was really touched. Los Angeles exotic car rentals. Nope, not really looking for that. But definitely looking for. (laughs) Oh dear. allow. So I did find this and, you know, I was very appreciative, but there was this really nice area here where people had left flowers, which despite this gentleman sort of wanting to ask me about, uh, all things, uh, my mother and the timeline of everything, I was really, um, I was, oh, look, I'm referred to as the star of my, uh, documentary, (laughs) but there was this timeline. This gentleman really wanted to, um, really wanted to make sure that these, that this timeline of events that he was reading out to his, his wife or his partner, which was very, very, um, uh, unnerving a little bit. I was like, okay, man, like, do we really have to go through this? But I really loved this. Um, somebody wrote. On August the twenty second, anonymous, they said you left behind a great legacy. Your son radiates kindness and love. No one deserves what happened to you. I am glad there was a was a measure of I don't know what a measure of justice stove. It was obviously a typo. There will never be closure. But I did love the first sentence, um, the first couple sentences. You left behind a great legacy. Your son radiates kindness and love. That was very thoughtful for whoever wrote that, that was very thoughtful. And there's a bunch of people that left flowers, 241 to be exact. And, um, that was kind of one of those little, uh, I don't know if you'd say happy accidents, but maybe, maybe a happy accident, um, where I was, uh, you know, not expecting to engage with this person and just kind of like, okay, okay. man. But then I, you know, he's talking to me, asking me these questions and I would just kind of ignore him because I was reading through the notes that, that were written are really really beautiful I was very um I was very I was very touched by that uh you know I was very touched by that and grateful uh that was one of those sort of hidden moments where um where uh you know it was something I was completely uh I, I, I was just it just I was just taken aback by it because I I didn't realize that such a thing existed Uh, Apparently it was in my search history too, but not with my mother. I was apparently looking at somebody else, but probably like in 20, I think it was like 2011 or something, Um, which was interesting. But uh, yeah, it was kind of one of those little happy accidents. But again, there's this sort of uh, fine line. um, Julie Julie Murray, who is the sister of Maura Murray, who is out there being an activist. uh, I I hope to have her on the program very soon. She's fantastic. She did a, a whole presentation about, uh, uh, about engaging with empathy. And she had this E on her shirt with like this, uh, you know, Superman kind of crest and was talking about engaging with empathy and leading with empathy when talking to people who are survivors of, of violent crime and, and especially when dealing with people's stories and ways that you handle their stories. So it was fascinating in that, but. Again, very overwhelming. I was not prepared with how overwhelmed I was because Tara was talking about a lot like she's going to need to take breaks and she did and and do that. And she actually didn't, you know, bless her heart. But I uh, most certainly felt like I needed to get away sometimes just because it was a constant bombardment because here we are doing this table. We're doing this exhibit. And, uh, doing this, uh, you know, this, uh, um, presentation and then just people just keep coming up and coming up and coming up to you. And we were able to connect with some people we interviewed on Survivor Squad, people who I've interviewed on this program, which was really fantastic. But uh, again, it was a lot. And so we go out to, I get my ribs on the Saturday night. I'm so excited. We go to this place. They're like, there's one rack of ribs left. You know, they're yours. If you want them. I said, absolutely. I wasn't even hungry. Full, full disclosure. I wasn't hungry. I just wanted barbecue so bad because every place we kept going to, nobody was eating barbecue. Uh, and all the events we were taking to, which was very disappointing to me because this whole reason I'm in Texas, come on, let's do barbecue. Right? So, uh, I, um, I, uh, did, I did, uh, uh get my barbecue, but as soon as I'm getting ready to sit in it, we sat down at this table, it's this bar and we've invited people, and I'm listening to this great bluegrass music and it's, you know, it is literally like 10, 10:30 at night. And I, it's just been a day. I'm having my water, uh, and diet Coke. And I'm very, very happy. No, I don't even think I, had diet Coke. I just had water. And it's also, you know, like I said, hundred degrees out and the guy sits down across from me and he goes, so what kind of cases are you into? And he just wants to engage in shop talk. And I had this moment where I sort of, well, I was annoyed. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was annoyed. This guy has a podcast, and he's uh, or and he's done a lot of advocacy work for investigating missing persons cases, and um, and he was great. Uh, I, I appreciated his energy and everything. I just at that moment in time, at that, I was like, man, I'm just trying to listen to some music, and I'm just trying to like not think about any of this. But I think that you have to, uh, you know, I re- I realize that not everyone wants to that everyone is waiting for time to talk to you about certain things and they're all seizing their opportunity. And it was a great moment for me to reflect in my own life of whether or not like, how am I, when I approach people, how am I dealing with them? Like, do they feel bombarded by me? Do they feel respected by me? How, how are they, how are they coping with my, um, uh, um, uh, you know, anything from creators that I admire, filmmakers, musicians, people that, uh, I genuinely generally engage with. And you have to kind of have that moment of like, wow, they literally have been bombarded all day. And here I am asking them another question that they just really kind of don't really want to talk about this. Like they want to talk about something completely different. So it was a great, there were great lessons in this, uh, in this latest trip because, uh, uh, I realize that, you know, I'm going to several more conventions. I'm going to be dealing with a lot more people. I'm going to be trapped in a space where I have a booth and people can come up to me and I might not be able to get away. Ah, uh, and it will be, a. Uh, this was a very mellow, this was a very mellow, uh, situation. I'm sure when I go to Orlando, it is going to be a lot more involved. So I'm going to need to take some space for myself. I didn't think I would need that, but I'm going to, but uh, I am still exhausted from the trip. It was, it has been a lot, but, um. It was a very good experience to engage with people and, uh, and very opening, and, uh, and yes, boundaries, boundaries are good and it's a great way to practice boundaries and establishing boundaries with people too, as they engage with you. So I was, I, w- I was really good with it. I was, I was happy. I was happy about it. But, um, yeah, it was, it, it was a good reminder of that sometimes that read the room, <laughs> read the room. And read the people that you're around and maybe they don't want to talk about everything traumatic all the time, all at once. So I was good. I was good uh, after that trip, Uh, but it it gave me some new, some new enhanced perspective on the whole thing. So uh, I was pretty excited. I I was, I was, I was definitely grateful. I was grateful. I'm excited for these upcoming uh, events that we're doing. Like I said, going to be in Orlando. September 22nd to the 24th for CrimeCon 2023. And then in October, Obsessed Fest number two, <laughs> Obsessed Fest 2023, I believe October 18th through the 20th, something like that, end of October in Dallas, Texas. So I go, so I was in Austin, I go to Orlando, then I come back to Texas, to Dallas, then I go to Colorado, then I go to Ohio, and I think that'll be the year, but we'll see. Um, yes, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if you are a member of this channel on YouTube, thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much to all my Patreon subscribers. If you are listening, wherever you get your podcasts from Apple, Spotify, et cetera, or if you get them here on YouTube, thank you for listening. Please, if you would click that, like click that subscribe button, click that alert bell. The liking especially helps with the algorithms. And please consider leaving me, a five-star review if you uh, don't mind. If you are, again, if you are a channel member here on YouTube or if you are a member of my Patreon, tomorrow, 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, we have our live Mover Nation. Mover Nation! Mover Nation! live meet and greet where y'all get to 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 kind of interact with one another I, i i was gonna do it on sunday it's usually the last sunday of the month by the way but because there was a hurricane in florida we've several of you live in florida and also the timing with me being in austin it just wasn't quite aligning so i figured I looked at the map today see when the okay the hurricane's kind of passing through okay let's see i've interacted with some of you engaged with you online you've said hey we're we're, we're good so hopefully everyone can join tomorrow and we'll have power and light and internet connections and it will be really good uh so yes yeah, so check that out if you are again if you're a channel member it'll be on here and uh and it'll be, be a google meet and then if you are a member of the patreon Again, um, uh, it's already on the Patreon. Check it out. Uh, Mover Nation, thank you all so much for tuning in to yet another live episode of Moving Past Trauma Live. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. On that note, I'm Collier Landry. This is Moving Past Trauma. We'll see y'all. This podcast is made possible by support from listeners just like you. For exclusive content around this podcast, please consider supporting me via Patreon by going to collierlandry.com forward slash support. Please subscribe via Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please leave us a five-star review. If you want to see video episodes of this podcast, please check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash collierlandry. You can find links to additional resources in the show notes of today's episode. This podcast is a production of Don't Touch My Radio. Copyright Collier Landry.